Welcome everyone, and this is the podcast of uh, Disney Princess Wannabe. <laughs> uh, the name's Destiny Backus, and I am here to read you a little selection of one of my many short stories. If you wish to check out the rest of my short stories, you can find them on my blog, Backus Fun Fiction. Uh, I hope you enjoy this reading, and I hope you have a lovely day. All right, peoples, uh, before I get started on today's story time, I have an exciting announcement to make. I, Destiny Backus, have won the, uh, the Bell M. Hill Creative Poetry Award. Uh, yeah, like, apparently my school, uh, just picks, just, like, gets the whole English department together and has them, like, I guess vote or bring up suggestions on who can get the award because I did not know about this until like a week ago. And yeah, uh, apparently I got the, I got the creative poetry award. So I guess I'm pretty good at poetry, even though I'm not really fond of writing it all the time. But anyways, uh, the, descri- the description I'm like looking at here, uh, says that, this award was established in memory of Bell M. Hill's son to be presented annually to a student who demonstrated a high degree of proficiency in creative poetry writing. Ms. Hill taught a, a variety of English literature and poetry classes, the classes <laughs> in the college's English department. So, uh, yeah, I won this cool award. Uh, I'm not officially going to get it until, like, April, but yeah, uh, apparently I'm skilled at poetry. I mean, I know I'm skilled at writing, but I never consider myself a poet or anyone who's really good at poetry. But apparently, uh, my school's English board disagrees and thinks I'm at least proficient at it if they gave me this uh, award. <laughs> uh, my, my school's website also has like past re- recipients of the award. Uh, not going to name anyone, but apparently I'm the sixth person to get this award. So, yeah, uh, big deal. <laughs> I just wanted to tell everyone here and we'll give them the good news because if there's anything that proves that you're good at like writing, then the fact that you get a, get an award for it and an award that has like monetary like money attached to it is, like, even better. So, yeah. Uh, apparently I'm good at poetry. Uh, I probably should start posting some of my poetry on my blog if I'm that good at it that I won an award for it. <laughs> uh, it's a good thing I keep all my work. Uh, I'll be sure to post post some of my poetry and see what you guys think. <laughs> uh, but nevertheless, uh, Today, I did ha- I do have a story time to tell. Alright, uh, so you know how, as a kid, you want, like, a pet, like a dog or a cat or a gerbil or something? Well, I was the same way as a kid. And, uh, let me tell you, through my experience of taking care of my own pets, let me say, do not trust me with your dogs or cats or gerbils. Do not trust me with any animal because... I'm incapable of taking care of it. Now, I wouldn't say I'm neglectful. I can feed a pet. I can give them water. 
hell, if it's like a dog or a cat or something, I'll pet the dog or cat every now and then. But I'm not necessarily a pet person. Like, I don't... I, I, I'm not the person to, like, take a dog out on, like, hour-long hiking walks that go onto the savannah or whatever as as a... I'm not, like, some cat person who, like, just plays laser tag with the cats for hours or uh, uses, like, some feather wand thing or anything like that. And as for gerbils, uh, yeah, again, I'm not one to be really affectionate with a gerbil. Like, I wouldn't even know how to. So, uh, yeah, just don't trust me with any pets. I can babysit a pet for, like, maybe a couple of days, a week at most. But I am not the sort of person who can, like, take care of a dog or a cat or whatever for extended periods of time. More than likely, the pets will either die or will end up just being sent back to some pet shelter or will, uh, yeah, j- just either die or go to a pet shelter. Th- th- that's my history, to be honest. <laughs> but uh, enough rambling, time to get into the story. Uh, okay, so my first pet was a little gerbil hamster thing named Charlie. Uh, she, I believe she was either brown or black, but I do know that I really did love her. I cared about her and, you know, I was like probably, what, seven? I couldn't have been older than ten at the time, I know that. But nevertheless, uh, I just loved Charlie and I would always like go to her cage and like, feed her, like, you know, her usual food, as well as a little treat, which was, uh, well, uh, the treat was a little honeycomb, a little honeycomb piece of cereal. (laughs) And she would just munch on it, and, like, and I just, I remember I really did care for her. I tried my best to, I tried, like, once to be affectionate with her, But, you know, by petting her or something. But, uh, yeah. Turns out I trained her too well on the treats thing. Because when I went to pet her, like, trying to pet her little forehead or something, uh, she bit me. She bit me enough to draw blood. (laughs) Yeah, I was not happy. I was kind of, I was crying and I was upset because I didn't understand why she bit me. And of course, um, once my dad figured out what happened, he was like, Destiny, she expects you to feed her when you do that. She's not going to understand that you're trying to be affectionate. And that was the last time I ever tried to show her affection. I still liked her. I still fed her treats and stuff. And, you know, for a while, everything was sunny and rainy. Although my dad did occasionally mention that I should try to play with uh, Charlie a bit. Because, you know, she's lonely. She was the only durable hamster thing in that cage. And the cage was pretty small. So we wouldn't, so my dad wouldn't be able to get, like, a boyfriend or a girlfriend for her to hang out with. And even then, I doubt he would. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah, for a while, everything was good and sunny and shiny. And then one day, I walked past Charlie's cage. And I see that she's eating the plastic yellow dish bowl we put her food in. 
And I'm just watching this and I'm thinking, well, isn't that funny? Why is she doing that? And I- I'm sure you, I'm sure anyone who knows anything about like poisons for like pets and whatnot already knows what's going to happen. But my young self did not realize that her eating the plastic bowl was a bad thing. <laughs> so I just think, huh, neat. And just leave it at that. A few days later, I come home from school, use the bathroom and all that jazz, and I walk up to Charlie's cage and guess what I see? No Charlie. Charlie is not there. The cage door is open, but Charlie isn't in the cage. So, of course, I'm upset. I go, I go um, walking up to my dad and I ask him what happened to Charlie. And <laughs> my dad, bless his soul, likely did not want to tell me that Charlie died. So he told me that Charlie ran away and and got went on adventures and just lived is and is living her best gerbil hamster life. And me being a kid and being like grown up on Disney and um Homeward's Bound and all those other animal movies, I believed it. Call me gullible, but I believed it. For the longest time, I believed that Charlie was uh, living her best life and just all happy and stuff until I got older and I slowly realized that Charlie died. She ate that plastic bowl because I, maybe she was sad, maybe she was lonely. Uh, that's the theory that my dad came up with anyways, that she was sad and lonely and just decided, hey, I, I, I'm going to peace out. <laughs> But nevertheless, uh, she, yeah, she ate the bowl, and a few days later, she was dead. My dad likely uh, threw away or buried her body or something before I had the chance to see it. Because, Lord knows, if I had seen, like, the dead body of my hamster gerbil, I would have freaked out. And my dad (laughs) knew that all too well. He was not going to let that happen. Now, uh, I technically have had, like, three other pets before, well, before, uh, you know, deciding, hey, maybe pets ain't my thing. The first two were cats. Their names were Candace and Serena. (laughs) Candace, she was a bit of a spy. Like, every time someone would come to the house, she would, she would, like, watch them from afar. Either sitting on like the de- the um, staircase that led downstairs and just watching them, or she would just be upstairs, like again watching them, like likely sitting on some piece of furniture or something. Candace also loved jumping and exploring. Like one time, uh, she had jumped from the kitchen. She had jumped from like the kit from a kitchen chair to the to the uh, dryer, and I could hear the thunk as her as her body hit the dryer. She landed just fine, but her but her aim was a bit off. Like I I I think the jump was just too far for her, so she didn't really have a lot of time to account for that. <laughs> she was okay. 
likely in Bain, but she was a gay. Oh, she, oh, and on the first day I got Candace, she also decided, hey, I'm going to go on an adventure. And she ran outside. Except it was pouring down raining cats and dogs outside. So she was stuck out in the rain as I was cleaning up the bathroom and like dealing with the litter box and everything. And once I realized Candace is gone, my dad kind of pointed out that Candace was, that Candace was gone. And I opened the door and this cat is like traumatized. She goes flying back into the house. And since that day, she never wanted to go outside again. Like you could not make her. Like if you left the door open, she would not even try it for years. The one time she did, she also got traumatized and likely did not want to try that ever again. <laughs> but anyways, uh, you know, there was Candace, obviously. And then there was her sister, Serena. Now, Serena was my favorite of all the pets I ever had. I still love that cat to this day. Uh, she was uh, black and white, and she was just a very sweet cat. Like, uh, she, every time I would pass by her, she would flop down on her, like, side or her back and would basically beg me to pet her. And she, uh, <laughs> and she was also a greedy little cat. Like, she, like, um, like Candace, by, like, in comparison, Candace never liked treats. I would sometimes try to bury little treats in Candace's dish bowl and you know what she would do she would eat around the treats i've never seen an animal that did not like treats before but candace did not like treats just straight up like she just really did not like treats <laughs> meanwhile serena would just chow down she loved treats she would eat anything you gave her and th this was and this was kind of like a benefit for serena because sometimes my dad and I would get the cats tuna treats. And, you know, they were just like treats, a package, the package, darn, I can't say this word, <laughs> packaged tuna. And it would have like the tuna juice and like the actual meat inside the package. My, da my dad and I would open it up and just let the cats eat. Candace, she, of course, never liked treats. But for some reason... She would only drink the tuna juice out of the treat, like the little treat package thing of tuna. And then she would leave the dry tuna just sitting there. Meanwhile, Serena, Serena would eat like, she would drink the juice and eat the tuna of her treat and then move along to Candace's abandoned treat and eat the remaining drying tuna that was in there. Like, this cat was just the greediest thing ever. And to anyone who says that animals don't have personalities, they do. They very much do. They just can't vocalize it like as humans can. <laughs> just pay attention to their actions. You can figure out their personalities pretty quick. But nevertheless, can, but nevertheless uh, bleh, Serena was really sweet. Like, I was forced by my dad to give the cats, like, baths sometimes. And Candace would scratch up my arms to high heaven. Meanwhile, Serena would just lie down and, and like, allow herself to be bathed, but hate every second of it. 
Like she would never lash out at me. She never scratched me. She would just look up at me and meow like she was begging to be let go. I felt bad having to bathe her because it was like, it felt like I was kicking a puppy. <laughs> but I don't know. This cat was just like the sweetest little non-confrontational just glutton I've ever seen. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Serena was the first to go. Not because my dad and I didn't love her. We, we loved both the cats. But uh, Serena started having trouble with her legs. She, uh, she would like, sometimes she would flop on the floor and wouldn't be able to get back up. Like she was struggling to get back up. Other times she would barely be able to make it to the litter box. At first it was slow. Like my dad and I didn't notice anything wrong. And eventually it got so bad to the point where she couldn't even make it to the litter box sometimes. My dad, of course, would grab up like a bought up magazine and, or newspaper or something and punish her for, you know, not going in the litter box. Bef but that was before we knew what was going on. So, you know, and eventually it gets worse. And my dad and I realize, okay, something's wrong. So we take Serena to the nearest vet and the vet says, and, and like, you know, after a lot of analysis and tests and whatnot, the, the vet eventually comes to us and says, Serena has cancer in her legs. And of course, my dad and I are shocked because we got Candace and Serena as kittens. We did not know anything about this cancer, anything about this or that. Uh, we thought the cats were healthy. But it turns out that Candace and Serena's mom had cancer, and while it skipped Candace, it did not skip Serena. So Serena was affected, and which resulted in her, uh, well, having her legs not want to work as she got older. Oh, and as a side note, uh, after my dad found found out about this, he start he kept calling um, Serena Crooky Leg. Like, it was a habit that he started getting into once we recognized that her legs were acting wonky. And even after he figured it out, he, he just didn't want to stop. <laughs> just just a side note. But nevertheless, uh, we learn about this whole cancer thing. And I, asked, and I asked the vet, is there anything we can do? And the vet says... Yes, there is something you can do, but it will but it will require really expensive surgery. And the moment my dad heard that it was over, Serena could not stay because, well, he had to pay. He had to raise a raise a kid by himself. Uh, he had to pay for my braces. He had to do all this other stuff. He could not take care of a cat. I know this now. I knew it. I knew it when I was a kid, but it still sucks. So, uh, my dad and I, like, we go home and he, and he talks with me and he's like, you know, we can't keep this cat. Like, we can't take care of her. We wouldn't be able to get the surgery need to help her. It's best that we just take her back to the Humane Society. And, yeah, Serena left. I really wish we could have helped her. And to this day, I pray that some rich billionaire or something just adopted her and gave her, like, the surgery she needed, or she got, like, uh, you know, those, like, false prosthetics or, like, the wheels things that they put on animals to 
assist them with walking. But, uh, yeah, Serena probably didn't make it. I really, I really hope she did, but there's nothing much we could do about that. Now, as for Candace, Candace's story, Candace's story is less interesting. We, well, my dad and I didn't initially want to get rid of her, although my dad did suggest that maybe we should, like, get rid of her, because, again, I'm not really much of a pet person. But, uh, yeah, Candace left because we moved. Uh, we were the place we, mo- we were moving to did not allow pets. So my dad and I thought, okay, let's have someone take, take care of Candace until we can just, uh, uh, you know, find a place and take Candace with us. Yeah, um, we gave Candace, like, temporarily to my cousin Jay. Uh, my cousin Jay, like, the story about her is another thing of, thing of itself. But, yeah, she took care of Candace. Except it turns out that Candace did not like being away from me and my dad. She apparently got used to us and viewed us as family. So when she was in a different location with a different person she didn't know, she just started lashing out. She started scratching up curtains and all this stuff in the hopes that we would come back or that she would be taken to us. Candace was not taken to us. She instead was taken back to the Humane Society. I never got to say goodbye to Candace. I never got to see her again before she was taken away. And when I was told, I was like, yeah, that was probably for the best. Because as much as I cared for Candace, I just, I could not care for her like I would be able to if I like had more time. Because, you know, I was in school. I had homework and stuff. And, you know, my dad made sure that I did my homework and by that time, I, I took school seriously, so I just couldn't take care of her. And uh, as for the third cat, Jenny was a cat that we got before Candace was like, before Candace was like taken back to the Humane Society and before uh, we moved. So, yeah, Jenny was a cat that we got for... Uh, that me and my dad got for Candace because we thought, hey, Candace seems lonely without her sister. And Jenny, Jenny was, again, a sweet cat, but she was very, very damaged. Like, let me put it this way. It seems as though she may have suffered abuse at one point because the way she responded to humans just, heck, the way she responded to other animals, it just did not work. Like, the first day we got her, she ran and hid underneath the couch. Which, fair enough. Th- uh, which, fair enough. Uh, when me, my dad and I first got Serena and Candace, we, they did the same thing. Okay, that's fair. But a week passed, another week passed, a third week passed, and Jenny was still hiding, hiding under the couch. I eventually tried to use treats or something to coax her out. I tried petting her, but nothing worked. And when I tried petting her, she, she tried to scratch me. Uh, heck, Candace tried to, tried to bond with the cat, but Jenny just didn't want to. 
like she would kind of growl at Candace, you know, the weird oh, noise the cat makes. Yeah, yeah, she did that. And yeah, we didn't have my dad and I didn't have Jenny for long, like maybe a year or two. Until both of us were eventually like, yeah, we just need we need to send Jenny back because again, again, like my dad goes to work. I go to school. Both of us were busy with our own things. We could not help Jenny. Jenny needed someone who was really good with animals, who could spend all their time with animals, who who probably had like a full job as a rescue animal person. She needed that. But my dad and I weren't that. And the poor thing just was not happy and she would never improve with me and my dad. Well, maybe she could have improved if given more time, but we had already given it about a year or two. We could we couldn't just give more. We had to do something else. So yeah, Jenny was gotten rid of as well and she was taken back to the Humane Society. I hope she got like with an owner that could actually help her. Because I could tell she was a good cat, just hurt by someone or something in her past. And to some, and to anyone who, like, dares hurt any animal, it, it's like, what is wrong with you? Like, why? Like, animals are the sweetest things ever once you get to know them. They, like, love you unconditionally. They're, like, totally loyal. They're, like, it's just there for you. Why would you ruin that? Why would you... Just take that trust and shatter it over your knee. But nevertheless, uh, yeah. That's my entire pet history. I haven't had another pet since. I mean, sure, I've, like, run other animals and helped take care of other animals and, you know, given walks and stuff and whatnot. But I've never personally had another pet. And honestly, I'm not sure if I'm going to get... A pet, like, you know, when I eventually, like, go off on my own, I might decide, hey, like, uh, like, I know I'm not really good with pets now, but who knows, maybe that could change, or maybe that will never change, but, you know, a part of me still hopes that one day I can get, like, some kind of pet that works for me. You know how it is, like, sometimes you just need the perfect pet for you. Like, for me, I would need a pet that's just affectionate and doesn't require much, like, walking or anything. Just like a purely affectionate animal that just loves cuddles. Because <laughs> that's what I love. I love petting animals. But nevertheless, uh, yeah, that was my whole story time. Yeah, uh, let me check the time on this. Oh, God. I've gone on for 30 minutes. Well, that's a new record. Huh. Well, I guess you guys get an extra long episode. Congrats. <laughs> Uh, Well, I hope you guys have a good day. And remember, do not trust me with any dogs or cats or gerbils. Just don't. (laughs) Okie dokie, I'm afraid that that's all we have to read for today. Or, well, I had to read for today. (laughs) Uh, Hope you enjoyed everything, and if you didn't, then, well, I hope you enjoy another one of my readings. And to those who are curious, again... You can find my uh, official uh, readings, or well, writings, on my blog, uh, Back is Fun Fiction. Uh, hmm. Hope you have a good night, or day.